0: The world may be on fire, but there are changemakers that are even more fired up with the commitment to do some serious good. You're listening to People Making Things Better, where we interview folks who you maybe haven't heard of before, but who are having a big impact on today's issues with the environment, equality, human rights, public health, and more. We're not afraid to ask the tough questions about how they're able to do work that the world needs and still get paid for it. Listen in and get inspired because the world needs you in action too. I'm your host, Burt Westfall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melinda Jackson.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to People Making Things Better, where we interview changemakers from all over the world about the amazing things that they're doing. And this week's interview is nothing short of amazing. I'm your co-host, Melinda, with my co-host, Britt. And Britt, tell us a little bit about your interviewee for this week.
0: Yeah, so I interviewed Melissa Wyatt. So she is a self-made entrepreneur in real estate, which is a little bit out of our normal pattern here of who we interview. Right. But it was, it felt really relevant but it also just felt um really helpful you know here's the story of somebody who really completely took it upon herself to learn about the world of real estate made the leap and was able to create wealth for herself and now helps other people to learn the same and the reason why i also thought it was relevant to right now a lot of people are thinking about you know the economy's down i've gotten laid off like you know it may feel scary for a lot of people and you know what what are some options besides kind of the typical path to making money and here's someone who's showing people and and particularly disadvantaged people a lot of times in some low-income neighborhoods how to create money for themselves outside of a typical nine-to-five which is really cool but the other cool thing is she owns um, several different properties and they have a, a fund that they're able to tap into when they know that there is a tenant that's in need. So in the past, there was somebody who, I think she was a single mother and her son was going through cancer treatments and they were able to go ahead and waive her rent for a month, I think it was they've just been able to you know really have this powerful relationship with their tenants and be able to recognize when somebody's a really good tenant they're just going through a difficult time and they need a little bit of support and they'll go back to you know being back up on their feet so right now she's thinking about people who are in situations where they literally cannot pay their rent due to a layoff or you know, maybe they're in the entertainment industry and they don't have work right now, whatever's going on. And she's prepared to tap into that fund that they've had for this type of occasion. So, so yes, she is a for-profit uh, person and kind of a little bit out of the realm of who we normally interview. But I just saw in her such a social impact heart here, both in the way that she Um, gives back through her charitable endeavors within the business, but also in the way that she empowers
1: uh, others who maybe wouldn't have
0: had the chance to, to learn about real
1: estate. That's incredible. And I love that sort of social impact mission. And I hope that, especially for our listeners, it just goes to show that there's so many different vehicles and so many different avenues through which you can help people through which you can impact your community. And I know sometimes we do get caught up in kind of like the nonprofit aspect or like the, the sort of charity mindset, but it's not really, those aren't really the only options out there. Like you can run a super profitable, you know, big business. You can have a multimillion dollar portfolio and yet, and still find a way to infuse very strategic and deliberate social impact into that. So I love that We are expanding our repertoire of people that we're interviewing and showing that, you know, the impacting the world and helping people really does not have to look one certain way, that there's a number of ways to go about it. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Melissa Wyatt. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating so that more people can find out about all of the amazing people we're interviewing who are making wonderful changes in the world.
0: Welcome to People Making Things Better. This is Britt, and today we have on the show Melissa Wyatt. She is an entrepreneur, investor, and developer, started her own business, MW Enterprises. Welcome, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. So I was excited to have you on because your business is a little bit different than um, any of the other organizations or businesses that we have interviewed on this show. We've done a lot of nonprofits, uh, a lot of business directly in the social impact space, but your business is a little bit different, but it has a very strong servant's heart, I feel like in the center of it and some great uh, philanthropy going on within it. So I thought it would be wonderful to have you on and to hear about what you do. So if you, without any further ado, could tell us in a nutshell what your business does.
2: Yes. So MW Prizes is a privately managed and diversified real estate company. So we're based in Los Angeles. And what that essentially means is that we acquire manage and develop real estate
0: got it and you have properties like all over la right yeah yeah okay and so you were telling me when we spoke before about this really cool thing um, especially in light of the crisis that's going on across the world You have this cool thing that you do where you have like a safety net fund, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Absolutely. So our fund allows our tenants that need help, um, whether it's paying their rents or paying their medical bills or paying just some kind of undue, like foreseen situation that comes up, like if they need support and help with that, like we help and support our tenants in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so I I think you were telling me a story recently of somebody who you found out uh, the son had cancer and you were able to go ahead and provide uh, that support to help get that that tenant through that hump and not have to worry about her rent for that month. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Absolutely. So one of our tenants came to us and informed us that her son was going through uh, cancer treatment. And so that is really near and dear to my heart. She had the rent to pay, but you know, the medical bills, as everyone knows, generally piles up when your family uh, member has a significant medical issue. And so what we did was helped her and provided support to her to help pay for some of those medical bills. My brother died of liver cancer, and Mm -hmm. so it was really important that, you know, we help and support people that essentially support us in their time of need. Yeah,
0: and with all of the unemployment that's happening right now around the pandemic, are you, with this fund that you have, are there preparations or things that you're able to offer right now?
2: Absolutely. So if our tenants come to us and they are not able to pay their rent, whether that's in full, whether uh, they can pay partial rent or they need to make payments on the rent that um, they um, that they have, we can make arrangements to assist them with that, Yeah, which yeah. is great because I mean, we're already going through a crisis or a pandemic and I mean, we don't after this uh, pandemic is alleviated we don't want a housing crisis <laughs> to right. come, you know what I mean we don't want our courts to be full with um, evictions and you know and stuff like that more people just living on the street so um, right. especially in Los Angeles um, I mean there's a lot of programs that support our brothers and sisters that are facing homelessness for our homeless but if we can do our part to make sure that you know, our brothers and sisters don't have to go through that channel, then we want to be able to help and support them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing. And it's such a service to the community as well. Right. Like you said, in LA, there's already, you know, a huge homeless problem and, you know, people really struggling. And so it sounds like you've really found a way to in in your corner of business, at least be a part of the solution and be able to help people when they just need a little bit of a break. You know, they're not um, down forever. They're just going through a difficult time and you're able to provide that support for them.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, with, with the whole virus, I mean, just in like a lot of cities, you know, you have people losing their jobs, unemployment is skyrocketing you know and this is new for people you know people are usually out there trying to work and work so to be able to just be cut off you know overnight that's that's very difficult right you know and so especially if people have kids or they're taking care of you know an elderly uh, family member or something like that the last thing you want to do is
0: put kids and
2: elderly people on the street for for me and for us it doesn't it just doesn't make sense
0: totally yeah so I'm curious how so obviously you know you're for profit and you've been very successful at it you know pretty big enterprise going on here with this grace that you're able to offer people how do you how do you make it all work from a business perspective and why do you think it is more property owners don't offer something like this
2: I'm not sure that property owners don't offer anything like this it's more probably not just said you know okay um i don't think that all landlords are just out to get their tenants you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. you see a lot of you know that verbiage or or those headlines i don't think that i think that people are really empathetic to you know people's situations and what's going on for us it's just we just have like a social impact at our hearts you know and so we don't invest just to invest we invest to make transformational changes in the communities that we serve and so for us that's important from day one um so we knew that hey we want to start a fund sometimes people need help you know and so that's always kind of just been at our heart i just i think more people are stepping up uh to help in that capacity you know um I just don't think that people are out to just gouge their tenants, you know, and stuff like that. I think it's just it, it's never had to be like the topic of uh, conversation as it is now, you know. Mm, I yeah. think now with everything going on, everybody is just uncertain and they're scared, so everything's on the table versus where people would just operate in kind of like um silos uh, with what they're giving, right? So You'll hear a lot of people say like, oh, why aren't these celebrities giving? Why aren't they um, doing more? And my question to people is like, how do you know they're not, mm. you know? So that's for, for us, that's really crucial. We do what we do and we also encourage, you know, our other partners and our other like affiliates to, to do the same if they're not doing it. But at the end of the day, I do feel like people are really stepping up to help. Yeah. Um, like I was reading this article today where another investor, like she sent a letter to her tenants that, um, uh, they would be doing uh 50% off for the next two months. Mm. You know, So I think people are doing it. I just think that it's just never had to be a topic of conversation where now it's people are like, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know? Um uh, right. And some people like to operate in private.
0: Yeah. Well, which is a beautiful thing too, right? When people are generous without it being kind of a publicity thing too, right?
2: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, that gives me a lot of hope right now that um, you feel like there's quite a few other landlords that have the tenant's best interests in mind. I think, you know, me personally, I've had some bad experiences and Chicago and New York City, just with some landlords that, um, you know, I, I don't really know that their heart was in it for, right. <laughs> <laughs> for anything other than um, their profit, but certainly there are a lot of people who, who actually do care about the tenants and um, care about it, the situation.
2: It, absolutely. It, I mean, it takes so much time to do an eviction. Right. So, why spend all that time energy and effort if you know that your tenant has been there long term your tenant pays on time you know if they have an issue they come and they speak to you you know about the issue and you guys work something out that's a good tenant right it's not always about hey you have to pay on the first of the month or by the fifth of the month or you're going to get the eviction notice i mean there's there's always a time and place for that but I don't feel like that should be any landlord or investors um, their ultimate goal. You know, it's like for your properties, you want to have really good tenants that take care of your property, communicate with you, and you know, enjoy the place that they're living in,
0: right? Right. Right, right. So um, being that you have this kind of social impact lens as a business owner, Are there other things that you do to help give back to the community? I noticed on your website, it says the next generation builds wealth through real estate. I think I quoted that right. So I was curious if you, if there's other parts of the business where you're doing education or you're helping to support the next generation or even like underserved communities at all in terms of opportunities in real estate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of our biggest things is um, really educating people on investing in their communities, right? I, I like to think of it from a lens of not people from the outside coming in to whether people say, oh, gentrify um, or make better communities. I think people from whether they're in underprivileged or low-income communities, I feel like they can actually start that within themselves. So for us, it's really important To not only go into underserved communities and purchase real estate, but it's also important for us to show people in that community how they can own a piece of where they live, whether Mm. it's through real estate from them living there, or (laughs) if it's from buying like a small commercial building where they can run a business or something like that. That's how we really, really get down to the nitty gritty of. making sure that our next generation is really understanding how powerful real estate is.
0: Yeah, totally. It's so empowering teaching them, you know, this, this way to really break the, <laughs> break the cycle of, Absolutely. you know, yeah. What are some of the programs that you have done? So
2: we've done, we've done a series of things. So like we have events at our office that educate people on this. We partner up with other organizations that kind of have the same mission about working in inner cities and stuff like that. We partner with them so we can educate people in the community. Starting this year, we will have a series workshop that we're developing actually as we speak, where more people can like enroll and get, really get hands on with the training necessary to actually apply and restart redeveloping their own community.
0: Wow, I love that. That's so beautiful.
2: It's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful mission though. And there's so much empowerment there and so much hope there. Um, so what's been one of your favorite like, success stories with someone who you've been able to mentor or teach about the world of real estate and someone who's been able to, to really run with it?
2: Oh my goodness. So one of my mentees actually bought his first duplex last year and it was so exciting because he comes from a family of renters. Mm. And so it took about a, it, took about about eight months, but he closed his first property. And then two months ago, he closed another. And so that was really exciting. So that was like two within kind of like a year, you know? Wow. So that was really, really exciting for him to really take the information that, you know, he's learned from us and really put it to work and to show that all you really kind of need is some guidance and some really good tools to make it happen, you know? So I guess that's the key. The key part is just knowing in your heart and having faith that, you know, owning a piece of property, owning a piece of land or whatever it is, is is definitely um, a possible thing, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it feels to so many people and I, you know, and I can speak from my own experience, like it feels like this kind of impossible dream to own something, right? Especially when you've been renting and renting and renting for years and things just seem out of reach but you know there are ways to to get into this world and so having somebody who can support you through that and kind of show you the ropes to be able to make that first move um and then build from there is is i I think that's what makes the difference
2: absolutely and just been able to change your mindset of okay I know I've been renting forever. My family has been renting forever, but I want to break that cycle. I want to own something, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where our whole homage um, really comes from you know really creating generational wealth. It's usually when you look at how people build generational wealth as a business or real estate outside their primary home, right? And so when you start to learn those type of fundamentals, like building wealth, not just for you but also for generations to come like that's really exciting especially when you don't come from a background of uh, family members buying you know you come from a background of renters
0: right right so tell me a little bit more about your personal story how did you learn to invest in real estate and to start your own business and what um you know what kind of drove you to do that what's your deeper why here
2: my, my my only why is really to i guess there's two there's one to be able to build generational wealth for me and my family and the other is to make sure that we're making transformational change and having social impact in the communities that we're serving so that's our why so that's really simple yeah um how I got in, involved in real estate was I got tired of being in the stock market, the ups and downs, uh, really didn't own enough market share to i what I felt was to make a difference and so I started to research um, how the top one percent of people made their money, and it was, as I said previously, uh real estate or a business outside of your primary uh, outside of their primary home. And so what I did every week, I would go to Barnes and Nobles with my son. He would go to the third floor and do the Japanese anime. And I was on the second floor, (laughs) all the real estate investing books that I possibly could. And so it took us about a year to do it. Wow. Um, to Barnes and Nobles literally every weekend and then jumped in, you know, and that's kind of how it got started, really. I know it sounds simple, but it was a lot of time invested in that, a lot of time learning, a lot of time asking questions, um, a lot of time with insecurities of, this is such a big big purchase. Like, how do I do this? You know, uh, am I doing the right thing? And so sometimes it's that doubt there, you know, because it's new. But once I purchased that first property, it was... I guess that was kind of like, you know, how the angel shoots the arrow. <laughs> I fell in love. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any other way to put it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I literally fell in love. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is what it's about, you know? And you feel empowered once you close that first deal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, that's really empowering to see your terms on paper. And, you know, it's just like, it's your first deal. So... Yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting.
0: (laughs) So self-made. I mean, I've heard of these programs that you can pay someone a lot of money to kind of show you the ropes, but like you were just completely self-made with... You know, reading these books every you know for a year straight, spending all this time at Barnes and Noble, and wow, that that's determination there.
2: Yeah, I would always pay homage to Barnes and Noble because it was just—I mean, it was an environment that really accepted us in. You know what I mean? It was like you could pretty much go in there and learn anything. It's like your bookstore, right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they get intimidated because it does take time because essentially. When you're purchasing real estate, depending on how you do it, and that's a whole nother, you know, conversation, but it, it could ultimately be one of the biggest purchases of your life. And so you want to be able to make sure you're kind of doing it the right way. But I always tell people, you know, learn, but have like have some to do after. Right. Because it is it is daunting. You do get a lot of education with it. But if you do nothing with it, you get no results, right? And so for, for me, that's really important. It was, for, it was important for me to learn as much as I could, but still have an action plan of knowing that I wanted to close a property within a certain amount of time of me studying all this stuff. Mm. You know, so that's really, that's really important. A lot of investors don't get started because they have such analysis paralysis.
0: Yes. You know,
2: and so it stops you from a lot of stuff. And that's just not the real estate. That's just not real estate. That's, I mean, that's everything where people are just trying to learn something new, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's
0: such a good lesson to learn. Um, and it, it's one that I've been learning myself, you know, starting my own business and even starting this podcast, you can get stuck in that learning phase, you know, which we all love learning and <laughs> big right. fan of learning and education and all of that. But at some point, you also have to make a leap and put yourself out there because otherwise you're never going to really fully feel ready, I don't think. Um, And you have to put yourself out there to even know what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. Um, And it's scary. And I would imagine, especially so with real estate, when there's a lot of money on the table, you want to feel as ready as possible. But finding that balance of not getting stuck in learning mode forever.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's very important, right? For anything. It's just like, Hey, it's either you learn it. And and that's the beauty about real estate. There's so many different facets of it. It's like, you can be a buy and hold investor. You can fix and flip. You can buy notes. You can buy raw land. You know what I mean? There's so many opportunities actually to purchase real estate that you just have to find the one that fits for you. I guess the downside is is trial and error. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, But at least you start.
0: Totally. So what's one of the bigger challenges you've had to overcome as you've built your business and done your investments? A uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. One of many, I'm sure, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, let me see a good one with these. I don't really see it as a challenge. I think at some point when you're investing in real estate, you have to understand what your niche is. And when you're first starting, you don't necessarily know what that is. And so for me, that was a little bit of a challenge because I didn't have a slush fund where it was like, hey, dad, can you write me a check? Or, you know, hey, mom, can you write me a check? Like everything that I've actually built, like I work for it. Mm. And so... It was important for me to take the risk but without, without taking, you know, like massive risk, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so putting all of that in context of like, hey, what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to lose? What niches do I like and how can I thrive in that niche space? That was probably one of the biggest challenges for me because you really have to sit down and think about like, um, why you like this area of real estate how could it be profitable for you how can you grow it really taking the time to sit down and think about that and then once you identify what those niches are or that niche is then able to execute it and I think that was one of the biggest challenges for um, for me
0: yeah so like really doing your work of figuring out who you're serving, what you're offering, what your what your niche is, and all of that kind of business planning stuff—that sometimes can be tempting to skip over.
2: <laughs> right, and then the other big thing too is like, you know, as you make friends and business partners and stuff like this, that in this space, really, you know, everybody's everybody's cheerleader, but not looking at other people's portfolio like I'm not there. I'm not there. That can be a killer. You know what I mean? And that can be like, that can really disrupt the mind. And so really focusing on who you are, what you do and how you do it is going to be very crucial as you start to grow and that especially growing relationships with people that have more than
0: you. I feel like that's a universal theme too for anyone who's starting their own business or organization. It's like let yourself be inspired by what other people are doing, you know, as a, a guidepost, if you will. But don't get into that comparison mode because it is. It's just such a killer to the spirit. And it just kills that creative energy and flow and feeling good about what you have accomplished if you're, if you're always comparing yourself to someone who's, you know, so much further along.
2: Right. And you don't know what resources they have to start, you know what I mean? You don't know their story fully. So, you know, those, those are challenges. Those are real life challenges. And so I I would say that those two were definitely challenges uh, for me, you know? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we always like to ask the tough questions just around money stuff and like kind of how people are able to go off and do this thing that they want. So were you working in like a full time job and then you started this real estate business on the side and how long did it take um, before you were able to have that be something that you do full time to support yourself?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely difficult. Like I said, I I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. So, you know, working, saving up, paying off debt, <laughs> mm-hmm. those are challenges, you know what I mean? I didn't fully know like, hey, real estate was that thing. It didn't, it didn't occur to me kind of like off the bat and then having debt, you know, so that wasn't, it didn't seem like that was an option, but Honestly, the Urban League of Los Angeles had a program called Know Your Money and that program changed my life. Wow. It honestly showed me like how to budget, no matter like what type of job you're working, that partnership that the Urban League had with Aerial Investments was a game changer for me because I learned how to budget. I paid off I worked my butt off to pay off all of my debt. And then, once I did that, I could look at you know investing in the real uh not real estate market at first, but investing in the a stock market and then, like I said before, studying the real estate market to be able to figure out, hey, this is it, you know, but it took time. It wasn't overnight. I think people see um people's success and think that that's overnight, and that's it definitely was not an overnight. You might have to work that dead end job until you save enough to where you know that you're comfortable with investing in real estate. Like yeah, it took, it took a while.
0: Right. And how long have you been building the business now? Uh, um ten years? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not... yeah. <laughs> so even
2: before before that, you know, again it was the year of um, you know, studying uh real estate investing you know so so about 10 11 years now
0: wow well awesome thank you for for giving us that inside look at just the commitment and the patience that goes into it and the way that you were able to build this over time into the very successful thing that it is today
2: thank you so much yeah Yeah, it took time definitely yeah
0: (laughs) We're about out of time, but we always like to ask all of our guests, being that we have this social impact heart on our show. So obviously you, as your kind of cause within your business, you're supporting um, people on a couple of different levels. You're supporting kind of underserved communities and the next generation to be able to build wealth. And you're also serving um, needs that come up in the here and now when people go through unexpected hardships. So Other than that, what's another cause um, or issue in the world that you would love to see more social impact entrepreneurs take up the cause with and support?
2: Well, I think as we stated in the beginning, or I said in the beginning, one of my, I mean, other than youth community development, um, empowering, you know, underserved communities, that's always going to be to my heart. But another big thing that we focus on is, you know, cancer cancer research, Mm. improvements with that, improvement with cancer support in inner cities. And so that's probably one of my other, um, the other impacts that we really focus on is how do we support families? How do we support communities when they have someone in their household going through cancer or some other life uh, debilitating um, disease? our ailments.
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. So if people want to check out the work that you're doing, what's the best place to find you online? Is it through your website or social media?
2: Um, yes, yeah, so our website. You can always go there. We have a contact us button and you can you can reach out to us there or on social media.
0: And what's the website?
2: It's www.mwenterprises.com. So that's E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S-L-L-C dot com.
0: Got it. Awesome. And we'll put all of that in the show notes as well so they can find you.
2: Awesome.
0: Well, thanks so much for being on and um, I'm super inspired by both you as a businesswoman and also as a um, philanthropist and kind of just community mentor and all of the above. Love the work that you're doing and I I love the way that you've been able to create this beautiful life for yourself.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you guys are doing.
0: Thanks for listening. Till next time.